0: What's what was the beer called? Ultra Uh, right.
1: Oh oh, yeah, you you know when uh, when the you know like a week like a week ago, literally when everyone was so furious about the I think twelve pack they sent uh, you know uh, Bud uh, Bud Light sent a uh, trans Instagram influencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Some guy tried to uh, you know, of course, run a grift, right. Uh, and tr- uh, marketed ultra right beer. Okay. So, like the first thing, the first thing is he's coming out of, of like a public bat, like a like a public bathroom at like a a ball field, basically. So probably like the most disgusting of bathrooms. Right. Um. He pops the top, and he just you know he he hits all of the talking points about you know, uh, <clears throat> you know the 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 woke leftist right. all those you know typical right-wing dog whistles yeah and um, yeah he uh, he tried to sell a beer called ultra right I believe like a six-pack retail for 33 dollars what uh yeah <laughs> S- secondly uh, certain companies online can ship across the like across the United States I think like 42 sh- uh, 42 st- uh, states. Are eligible for you to purchase beer out of, out of, uh, alcohol out of state and have it shipped. Yes. To you.
0: And I, I know this because Oklahoma is not one of them.
1: Yes. Uh, so he just put that on his website without actually having a company he was contracted with for the shipping. So if you bought it out of state, you were just SOL. <laughs> and then third, thirdly, um, he, he said he had a, uh, a, a like a, a brewery he had contracted with. Well, it turns out he pitched the idea. They thought about it for like a day and then said, yeah, no. <laughs> so he currently has no one brewing his product. Got it. So, so basically, everyone who spent $33 got a receipt online for ultra right beer. They bought an NFT of, of a beer. Because all they have right now is the receipt. So, to own the libs, they spent $33 on an imaginary case of beer.
0: Hey, I mean, you know, those NFTs, just, one of those days, they could, could be really valuable. Maybe. I'm joking, of course. Yeah, I, yeah,
1: I, yeah I doubt that, uh, because it's like, like like every other security, you know, someone else is dictating the value of said NFT, like it doesn't, it doesn't have its value. You know, it doesn't <clears throat> have intrinsic value. It's dictated by you know uh, via the
0: marketplace.
1: I do feel like so, that's yeah. something
0: that somebody would come up with and and invite people and say, "Hey, come come drink ultra right beer on the met in the metaverse."
1: Oh, honestly, why aren't we doing that? <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, that sounds like.
0: We need to get on that metaverse to start selling our fake beer, Jordan.
1: No, you know what? No, know, you know what we need to do. Uh, because I don't think Heineken has technically claimed this space in the metaverse. Hop on the metaverse and just sell imaginary, original recipe Newcastle Brown Ale. Yeah. We can, we can make a th- we can make, make a. A digital killing, Adam.
0: If there's one thing that's been evident from the past few years, it's that there are many, many idiots from which you can make money in this world. Maybe we should start taking advantage of that.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I, I think we need to. Honestly, I mean you have a you have a child on the way. Um, we're we're in a recession.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that is actually as part of the one of the reasons I do I do. Well, I I, I feel very tired this week. So. We weren't on last week because I am doing a, a bit of freelance writing to get some extra cash. And so um, I, I had to do a little bit of that. And I don't know how often that's going to happen. I, I try and do it as much as I can to the extent that I can do that and also still podcast. But last week I couldn't do that. So I, I don't anticipate it happening again, um, but it might. Um, so so yeah, and it's also part of the reason I'm very, very tired right now it's it's springtime my job is very active during the spring there's lots of stuff that's going on and so i'm i'm quite tired but uh speaking of idiots let's talk about daniel levy um let's let's talk about actually he's he's the reverse kind of idiot we talked about there's some people there's some idiots who you can make money off of he's an idiot who makes money off of you Uh
1: um, real quick adam yes. uh, i don't know if you heard this um but it was announced just recently today. I think just just you know late late night over there in England, um, Daniel Levy has decided to commit uh, ritual uh, suicide oh, to atone uh, for the loss uh, at St James's Park. Um, what's going to happen is he's uh, he has, he's, he stated in a in a, a, a tweet uh, that he's going to commit seppuku. Yeah. Uh, at, the, at the at the halfway line of the new White uh, uh, White Hart Lane,
0: are you sure that it's not one of those where he says he's he's going to do it, but then he ends up just knifing Ryan Mason because uh, that's no, kind of what he did with with Stellini.
1: No, no, no. He uh he yeah uh, uh, the 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 sacking of uh, Stellini has caused him a great dishonor. <laughs> yeah. So Harry Kane will be his trusted second. Okay. So. As he takes the knife, runs it across his uh, uh runs it across um, his morbid. stomach. Uh, Harry Kane will come in with a with a quick katana like slash, and uh, lop off his head. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so Harry yeah. Kane <laughs> uh, is is usually good. Uh, for one positive note in Arsenal's recent, uh, not, Tottenham's recent play. Jesus, I said Arsenal. Both. <laughs>
0: That's nothing positive. In fact, there's nothing really positive in North London at all right now. It's it's pretty. It's not looking great. It was looking good at times this season, but right now it isn't looking great. Obviously, there was the six-one demolition of Spurs uh, at Newcastle. Uh, they won't. They will not want to be going back to side anytime soon. And then Arsenal, uh, after drawing with Southampton three-three last Friday, which. I don't feel like they really deserved. I mean, they played terribly for most of that game and somehow pulled out a point and they almost won it in the end. And I thought this is going to be ridiculous, but uh, Southampton credit to them held on for, for what was still a very valu- uh, a valuable point. Um, but let's, let's talk about Spurs first real quick. So, First of all, uh this game happened at the same time that West Ham uh beat down Bournemouth, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so I didn't get to see uh, I I went I did go back and watch the goals. Um but uh I mean first of all, credit to Newcastle. Can't forget that. Good win, very solid. They were up 5-0 in the first, wasn't it five nil in the first half? They were at least up four within like the opening ten okay, seconds so or something.
1: It was five nil after the twenty-first minute. Yeah,
0: halfway through the first half, you're already up five goals. It's like a FIFA score.
1: Uh, and then at the twenty-second minute, you could start seeing videos uh, on Twitter of Tottenham fans making the arduous walk out of the uh, out of out of the uh, the sky at St James's Park
0: all the way back to London yes you to walk all the there way was, back
1: there was a mass exodus of the away of the away fans at like the 22nd minute they just like they... I would do
0: the same though if to be to be fair to them because if it if my team's losing 5 nothing you're way up in the in the sky doing it justice you're in space up at St James's Park When you're in the away section, they put you way back in the corner, high up on the ceiling. I once heard, so I guess there's a there's a, I I, it's probably a northern expression, but there is some type of expression where, so I guess if you sat high up in a theater or in a church, um, or or something like that, the the ceiling would often be painted with you know celestial bodies and or you know angels and things like that. And so the the, the the term up in the gods. So you're you're way up. You're you're in the heavens. Um, started to because you're up in the gods in Newcastle. You're way up there. You're 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 touching space um, at St James's Park. So I don't blame them for leaving because A, you I wouldn't want to watch that match to begin with. I certainly wouldn't watch it. Wouldn't want to watch it from from that high up.
1: Uh, I, 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 I can't blame them either. After the third goal. Uh, after Jacob Murphy pulled a worldie, and, I mean, hit that thing from 30-plus out, and you saw the expression. I don't know if you saw the meme or actually his expression. Like, dude, his his smile took up three-quarters of his face because he just realized he scored that. <laughs> um, after Jacob Murphy scores a brace within 10 minutes, I, I too, with would be would be thoroughly upset with with the the effort my team has put in so far um it was I'm okay first of all I'm gonna say it was the bounce back of Newcastle that happened at the absolute worst time for Tottenham because you're going from your tried and true um, three five2 to a back four for the first time. It, uh, how long has it been since Tottenham played a back four?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's not that long. I mean, because you have subs, and obviously you shift during the game, so I don't know if it's necessarily like the weirdest thing. I mean, they played a three at the back to start with frequently under Antonio Conte, and so, I mean, he's been there for... How long has he been there? A uh, over a year, like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, it's it's and yeah, I mean it's been a while, but I that listen, I don't care what formation you're playing, you lose six. I don't care what formation you're in. If you lose six one, more than the formation is wrong. Like there's a, there's other stuff going on if you lose six one, especially if you if you go five goals down inside twenty five minutes, something else is happening. It's not just the formation. It's not just, uh, you could be upset about that, but it's not that like there's, there's something else going on with this club that is much, much deeper than switching from a three at the back to, to a four at the back with, with, uh, Ivan Perisic Parisich on the, on the left side, which he very clearly was not comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, uh the uh I, I believe the joke he made was he had the left wing part right but the the back yeah, part it's the back was part. the one that he was 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 it what was what he was lacking uh
0: they played him at left th- at left wing back but he's more left wing than back
1: uh same thing could be said of poor P- uh pedro uh uh Pero, um
0: pedro Poro, looked, yeah
1: yeah i mean i i i i personally don't know how you let the big lump that is Joe Ellington just like drift behind you without even like noticing. I mean, I know, I know Joe Ellington is fast, but he is just, he's six foot four. He can't sneak by anybody. And yet, <laughs> uh, Poro, uh, you know, you know, he moved up with the rest of the line and then, uh, Joe, Joe Ellington kind of cuts back a little bit and then just, runs uh, outside in and it's like gone and uh no I don't think anyone realizes that he's behind them until he's like a full five yards behind them and then it's just an easy kind of you know put you know touch the ball around the keeper and then put it in the back of the net for the second goal um
0: so here, I, I need to stop here for a minute because this is kind of a weird one Petra Poro's kind of snuck into this. And I'm just look. I'm looking back at his career. So he's he's a product of I believe he's a product of the Girona system out of out of Spain. He spent some time with them. Um, actually, was brought in by Manchester City, who I believe at some point have had a like a, a like a club affiliation with Girona. Uh, I, th- I think that's 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 what happened. Anyways, so he goes to Manchester City. He then goes back on loan to Real Valladolid. Um, then he went to Sporting uh, Portugal. He then went there permanently and then uh, is on loan from Sporting at Tottenham Hotspur right now, who notably, it must be said, spent money in the summer to bring in Jed Spence, who for some stupid reason is now out on loan. I, and, and at least from my, as far as I can tell, I have no idea why they brought Pedro Porro in. He's not that good. Why is he there on loan? Why are you giving this guy a chance, than the guy who you sent out on loan, who you spent money on in the summer? What is going on at this at this club? Like it's just it's ridiculous. The decision making is is awful. And I, we like to make fun of Spurs a lot on on this show, but I honestly wonder who is really running things. Because if it's Daniel Levy, then he's with the amount of experience that he has. If he's really running things, or if the people who he hires are running things. He knows better. He should know better. And if he doesn't by now, then he's not smart enough to own a football club.
1: I'll be honest with you, uh, Adam. I think at this point, Daniel Levy has gone full. Uh, and this is this is going to relate to our American football fans who happen to listen to this podcast. He's gone full Jerry Jones.
0: It seems like it. It does. I mean, it seems like he's. I. I. I don't know. I, it's. It's. It's just. I mean, as a West as a West Ham fan, I. <laughs> I, I take no pleasure, of course, in uh, watching the misery that is Tottenham Hotspur. But, but it's it is just it's just weird. Like I don't understand how you can get things so wrong. And I don't even want to say habitually because they've been in a Champions League final, right? You know, they've been in the Champions League final. They qualified for the Champions League this past year under, under Conte. They haven't been doing too bad this season up until recently. You know, the the turmoil that is around this club, you would think they were, you know, in the same position that Chelsea were in. And yet they just keep trying to outdo Chelsea in terms of terribleness each and every single week, despite the fact that they're actually still in a pretty decent position. At least they were. I don't know if they are now. So uh, Um, from a Newcastle fan perspective, Jordan, was this more, wow, we were really good. Or was it more of a damn? Tottenham were really shit. Like, where do we? Where does this? Where does this result fall in in terms of in terms of that?
1: All right, I'm gonna break it down like this with yeah. percentages. Um, this was seventy percent. Damn, Newcastle's that good <laughs> because after after the drubbing we took at Aston Villa, where they really just took it to us, and we kind of had no answer for uh, Ollie Watkins and, uh, you know, John McGinn in, uh, in the midfield. Um, Newcastle has had the ability in this season to where, you know, they could take a couple bad results, but, you know, still self-correct. And I, I feel like this was a big self-correction, uh, game. And then I'll chalk up the remaining 30% to man, Tottenham are that bad. Um, uh, <clears throat> And it was it was evident to me that I knew it was evident to me that they were going to be in for a long day when a clearly hobbled Bruno Guimaraes is just absolutely running the midfield and running circles around Hoiberg uh, and Skip, like they could not touch him, even though he was, you know, clearly was uh, he he wasn't at full fitness.
0: So I, I'm going to say, I don't know. I Here's why I say it's more 50-50, right? And and again, I, I say 50-50, so I want to give Newcastle credit. I think they were fantastic. But I'm looking at the stats here. Tottenham Hotspur were offsides in this game none times. Zero. An attack that has the creative ability of Harry Kane... A goal scorer who is chasing down Alan Shearer's Premier League record, who has the speed and skill of Youngman's son, who has the speed of of Kulusevsky. And they couldn't be called off sides once. Not one time did they dare to try to go beyond the Newcastle backline just a little bit too early. That's ridiculous. Like, that's, that's like, not even trying levels. Like, you couldn't even be called offside once. I know, obviously, it's a bad thing. Like, you don't want to be called offside. It's it's, a, it's technically a foul, and it's the other way. It's an indirect free kick. But that just at least shows that you're trying. Like, you're trying to get in behind. You're eager. You want to go. They weren't called offside a single time in this game. I don't know how that happens. Obviously, no big chances, Um, you know, made the one big chance that they had. But it just looked. I mean, it just looked awful. And again, not. To, it, and I'm sure part of the reason it looks so awful is because Newcastle were so good. They were efficient. They attacked. They went straight for the. I mean, they went straight for the jugular every single time. And that is exactly what you do when you're in that position. This is why Newcastle are probably going to qualify for the Champions League. But my God, how are you just that dead? They're just dead they look, they look dead they look done with the season already. They look like they 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 just don't even want to be there. And I I if I'm a Spurs fan because of that, I I'm kind of I'm kinda cons- I'm, con- I'm concerned. I'm worried for the future.
1: Cuz it, would it be looks scared. like Harry,
0: Harry Kane's already probably no. gone. And if he goes to Manchester United, I mean, Spurs can kiss the top four goodbye for for a long time, because because Man United will be will be top four easy with with Harry Kane in there. I'm not sure, I don't I don't I don't want to say step out and say that they'll be champions with Harry Kane, but they'll be they'll be up there. I don't know. It's this is, I, I it's it's amazing. I'm almost speechless at how terrible Spurs were.
1: Um let me ask you a question, Adam, and I want to, I want to, I, I want you to, uh, you know, see if you see the parallels that I do. I, I kind of feel like Tottenham are in the same position in terms of player acquisition and recruitment that Everton have found themselves in in the past seasons. Um, now, obviously, they don't have like the same, you know, results, but I, I feel like. Both th- those two clubs, in particular, to me, stand out for the fact that they purchase players on a whim. Um, they and sometimes they really don't seem to fit at all, um, and then they're left with these, you know, players that are just going to kind of sit there and not be used, or you'll know, be sitting out alone. Where you know they could re they should have rein- you know reinvested in uh you know other areas and made better decisions.
0: I mean, there's uh, yeah, there's some of that, I suppose. Um, I, mean, um, I, I Brian Giel. Uh, uh, well, I mean, again, I I just don't think that was a very good signing, and I think it was that that he came in to replace the loss of Eric Lamella, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, Giovanni Lo Celso yeah um,
0: yeah that one for whatever reason didn't work out Jed Spence yeah Sessignon but I think he's injured yeah he's, he's, he's out with a hamstring injury uh, Bintacour uh, again cruciate ligament injury he won't be back until he's done for the season so, I mean, it, they've got some some important players missing, but I don't know. The whole Antonio Conte, th- I just didn't feel like he ever wanted to be there. And just the whole, you know, bringing in Mourinho. It's it's just – and and it's about to get worse because they're about to see their, their – the one that got away, Mauricio Pochettino, join Chelsea, which is the news this week that – he is now the front runner and is expected to to take over the team. I'm not sure. I couldn't. I, th- I think it might be at the end of the season. I, th- I think. I think Lampard will will take him out through the season and then um, Pochettino will join uh, over the summer. But I mean, pardon the expression, but isn't that just a kick in the balls if you're Spurs to watch the most successful manager that you've had in the last decade or so probably yeah go to your heated London rivals Chelsea and and probably do pretty well I mean he'll he'll, he'll certainly have the resources there at Chelsea to uh, to get the job done so that was news this week um, also north side of London so we mentioned Arsenal with a 3-3 draw against Southampton well today the crash and burn Became very very real as they lost four one to Manchester City in Manchester. Uh, Erling Haaland got the late goal uh, to make it four uh, one. Kevin De Bruyne scored a couple of times. I think uh, John Stones got uh, got another one for for City. Um, Arsenal's only answer came from you would never guess uh, Rob Holding. Good strike by him, but. Uh, The problem is that now leaves City with... uh, They're just two points off of Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal are still top, but City are just two points uh, back, and they have two games in hand. Is this... I mean, does this feel final? Like, are we saying now, oh oh, crap, it happened again?
1: I mean, until... City actually overtakes Arsenal in the standings. You can't say it's actually happened, but That's true. This, they got to play
0: Fulham this weekend. This, this is it's not out.
1: You no, know, this, this this does feel like a another nail in the coffin, though. Yeah. Um, like it, if if you're looking at the last what three matches, you know, um, no, actually four. Uh, the draw against Liverpool. The draw against West Ham. You're welcome. Uh, and then the draw against Southampton were like you said, uh, you know they kind of had to find a little bit of a little little bit of grit to get those late goals to even make it a draw. And then just the capitulation that occurred at the Etihad. Um I'm in the 89th minute rewatching it, and oh, sorry to
0: spoil the Holland goal for you. Keep watching; it's it's very good. No, it's no, a good goal.
1: No, it's no, it's fine. Honestly, the goal <laughs> the, the goal of the match for me was literally. Uh, Ederson passes out to the right. Uh, John stones has three arsenal players converging on him, And so he just puts a long ball up to Holland Holland, who I think has Rob holding on him, uh, chest it down, uh, puts it around the corner for De Bruyne. <laughs> uh, De Bruyne just takes it, you know, all the way into the, uh, arsenal box, uh, with, uh, with a nice little bit of, uh, uh, that's a little change of direction move in there too, to put the ball on his right foot. And then just, uh, you know, puts it in the bottom right corner. And one might say uh, Kevin
0: De Bruyne looked very, uh, Declan Rice-like, uh, by doing that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, Manchester city. Um, and I, you know, me, me and Caleb both said this earlier in the season, you know, they have the pedigree. Yeah. They have the players that have done this before. And a couple of them have done it multiple times so I mean you can't say it with certainty that this title race is over but there is a, a feeling of finality after this match uh, maybe maybe in a year or two if the positions were the same m- you know maybe with some experience and some you know, a little bit of seasoning uh Arsenal might you know you know, put up a better challenge, but I, I think we're we're seeing the mental toughness, or the lack of mental toughness that Arsenal has right now.
0: Well, I also think it has a lot to do with the lack of of William Saliba, yeah. who has been out for, for several years, I mean, er, or several years, wow, has been out, has been out for several weeks. Um, you know, credit to Rob Holding, like I said, he got the goal today, but I mean, he just hasn't he hasn't filled those boots very well, and it, it's and, clear that something has been missing in the the Arsenal. Hey. To these. They're missing a they're missing a solidity. I think we've talked before about how I feel like for a long time Arsenal have lacked that spine, that backbone that you need to build a good team off of. They finally got it in their center back pairing of Saliba and Gabriel, and now it's gone. And we see it's kind of like the old the old Arsenal again in terms of the ones that that can't. They just can't quite hold on to games.
1: And don't forget too, they're also missing Tomiyasu as well. So yeah, even if you know Saliba was still out, but they had Tomiyasu they could slide Ben White into the middle uh, because he's pretty effective as a center back. But they can't do that right now.
0: Yeah, um, as a right back.
1: You know, uh, uh, again, were Manchester City really? succeeds is their depth it, it, it's really it is really a a, a luxury for Pep Guardiola to have basically a squad of 22 players and you know every week he can go say okay you 11 are starting Uh, you are my reserves
0: and Calvin Phillips you are staying on the bench
1: uh, and <laughs> no Calvin Phillips is in a Nando's okay <laughs>
0: Yeah. He was on the bench yeah. today. He was on the bench today. Yeah.
1: Was are you? Were you sure it was a bench and not a forklift?
0: Yeah. You know he's there. Hey, okay. I would love. I would love to have a Calvin Phillips Ward Prouse uh, duo come and fill the hole that's going to be left by Declan Rice when he leaves this summer. I think that would be great. Come on over, Calvin. We'll we'll, we'll treat you well. We've got honest, listen. We've got all the We've you. got all the Nandos you want in the East End.
1: I'll be honest with you too. I would, I, you know what? I would love to have James Ward Prowse up up on Tyneside.
0: I already love got all the him. midfielders you need. Stop. I, it.
1: I, uh, I love his, I love his 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 ability to strike a dead ball. But I have to admit, it would be nice to see him in the Clarett of blue in the and blue of the East End, um, because he's he's he, he's very Mark Noble-ish to me, you know. Um. Like he like you know okay. he's not yeah he's 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 not, he's not he's not he's not great. He's not gonna win you a, a ball wow. and okay he's not gonna win a ball in door. But he is gonna give his effort his damnedest every, every 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 week. And then there's gonna be those moments where his where his quality does shine through and you're just sitting there like, son of a bitch, he put that in.
0: Yeah, no, he does. He 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 fights and it's and it would, it would be nice to have him. I want to ask you this question Wait. Jordan because uh, Goal.com, uh came out with a story. Well, I, it's a story. I think it was a column more or less or maybe an analysis, I can't remember what it was. Basically the the, the headline was something like even if Arsenal this is before this the the game tonight, the city game where they lost. Um it said even if Arsenal lose tonight, we should still consider this a good season. For Arsenal. So even if they lose tonight and don't go on to win the title, this should still be considered a good season. And, you know, we shouldn't be too critical because it's still a good season for Arsenal, i.e. they've made the top four, you know, they get second. It's it's obviously progress. And it is. That's right. It's progress. I mean, they they didn't get Champions League football next season. They will. Uh, or this past season. They will this season. Is that... How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? that thinking that, look, even if we led in the title race for this long, and and we end up losing it at the end. We could still count this as a good season. How do you feel about that thought? I know kind of how I feel about it.
1: I would feel, man. I I I I could I I I could stomach it, but at the same time, I know there would be some acid reflux coming back up because that the just the the what if would just eat me alive you know yeah that's a def- like I, you could you could rationalize it and say oh yeah you know this is a good season we were you know back in, back in champions league qualification so you know that means we're going to have you know more money to spend in the summer we're going to you know you know you know fix some you know get some depth in some key positions and then we'll you know we'll try again but to be so close Honestly, you know, you know what? I, I I bet if we if Arsenal does end up in second place, I bet a lot of the Arsenal fans this season will feel like the Newcastle fans of the mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Watching watching the entertainers, watching you know Gen- uh, uh Genola Les Ferdinand, you know, sheer you know get so close, and then come in second.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I so I understand what the idea behind that sentiment is, which is that look, you know, even if even if they don't win the title, it still could be called a good season. And yes, you're right, and to the extent that, you know, they they made progress, you know. Arteta should be given the room to carry this club forward and should be given the trust of the board to to do that. However, they were they were pretty well ahead in this thing, and even though my club benefited, I mean, it's still like they really shouldn't have been drawing West Ham at the London Stadium. They definitely shouldn't have been having to fight back like the way that they did against Southampton, like and that's that's an example that there's just there's something there that means that this squad isn't quite there yet. And that's okay. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it you can't look past it. Like they led, they were there and then they they didn't they didn't get it. And I don't think we should just forget about that. Like this you know, this is a sign that this isn't so much a brand new arsenal. It's still the same old arsenal where, you know, they, they can't quite get get over the hump. They the, the, the glory days are still behind them and they still can't quite get it done for various reasons. Like, that's not over. This is not an era-defining team. And it should have been. And it isn't. And so, to that, for that reason, I I don't like that sentiment because I think it's, I think it's defeatist. I think it it sort of, you know, if I'm Arteta and I, I get to the end of the season and I say, look, I, I want you to be mad that we didn't win this title. I want you to remember the feeling that you had when you realized that you weren't going to win, and I want you to use that next season so that you can better yourself. I don't think it would be right of him to turn around and say, you know what, Laz, we lost the title, but good game. Let's just get on. No, with that. no, that's, uh, that's not the way you do that.
1: If I'm Mikel Arteta, the first thing I'm showing my team at, uh, at, uh, at the beginning, at the, uh, basically at like when they do their, uh, do they, do they do exit interviews at the end of the season? The players? I mean, they, they might, I don't, I don't know. I think, every team I, does I, think it differently. I, I think they do that behind closed doors. They're not like, so yet yeah, like, like most leagues, uh, I am the first. When I'm doing my exit interviews, the fir- the only thing I'm I'm doing is I'm sitting. Uh, I'm wheeling in the big box television, like uh from like when we were from ki- when we when we were kids, the one that had the wheels, like at
0: school. They still have that.
1: Um, I, I, <laughs> in this scenario, they do. Does see it all? And okay. I, I'm putting in the VHS copy of Manchester City's latest, uh, you know, uh, championship raid. Yeah. and uh when erling holland is holding that premier league trophy you know in the open top bus i'm just replaying that and just saying i just just remember this because you're right this is this is going to be um a, a a lesson and it's going to be a very painful lesson i i i think for both the uh the arsenal management and the players and uh real quick real quick aside would Erling Holland benefit not not from the the, the man bun he currently has, but I, I I think he could equally pull off like the old like eighties tennis hair, uh, tennis headband
0: as well. So would so did you see? So I'm guessing you've seen his goal. Yes. So he's so yeah. This and this struck me. I'm not sure that if he like. I couldn't tell if he played the most of the game like this, or if he actually had the man bun, but then just took took the 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 um, the hair tie out and just let it flow. But yeah, when he scores the goal, I mean, his lust just locks you everywhere. Like it's just it's like a it's like watching a it's like watching a damn Viking just like storm off of the boat, and like you're just like oh god. And it's like yeah. this weird form of like terrifying and majestic. It's the weirdest thing. So yeah, he's he's full he's full long hair when he scores that goal, which almost makes it better. Um, <laughs> but
1: that's what I'm saying. Rock like the white Nike tennis headband, and he can look like Bjorn Borg. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm interested. Yes, now I, I am interested. I want to see like how this how this progresses and how the the hair of of Erling Haaland like uh, evolves over the course of his career in the Premier League. I feel like there's going to be there was the man bun phase. Maybe now next we'll get like a Viking phase, and I don't know. Maybe at some point he'll cut it. I don't know.
1: Honestly, you know, I, maybe that's
0: I, where his power is. That's that's it's like Samson. That's where that's if he cut somebody just cut his hair and he'll stop scoring goals.
1: I, I was gonna say, maybe maybe we uh, in the next couple of seasons we go is on is right, very... that
0: was that reference right you, is that, Samson? that was a, that,
1: yes, it was Samson okay. and Delilah, so, so you been
0: a while, been a while. Alright, sorry, carry on.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say maybe we'll see like a Dirk Nowitzki like journey uh, with Aaron ha- uh, with Erling Holland <laughs> in regards to hair because Dirk, uh, throughout his time yeah. uh I mean he he you know he he grew it long with no beard uh, he had the infamous, you know, the bowl cut that was parted down the middle early, early. Yeah.
0: Just um, when he was fresh off the, fresh yeah. off the boat from Germany.
1: I mean, he had he had that fresh fade he was rocking with for a while. You know, he kind of kept it like scraggy, but not too long. And then, like you know, he had long, but he also had the full, like you know, Sasquatch beard. So maybe Erling Holland is the next great Premier League player with hair. Maybe maybe this is what the Premier League has been missing since David Beckham has left. Just an obsession with someone's hair.
0: That's true. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what – this is what we need. This is the void that, I mean, that he needs to fill is the Beckham where we were all like, what's his hair going to be like this week? That's That needs to be Oh, my God, he's the he then
1: braids?
0: <sighs> Let me throw this out. Let me throw this out, and then we'll, we'll move on to a new topic because this is getting a little off the road. But how do you think he would look in cornrows? Because Beckham famously did that, and it looked. Hideous. I
1: think you. I, I think he would look weirdly intimidating. <laughs> and more importantly, I could. How terrifying would it be to hear? And I'm not talking regular cornrows. I want him with like Serena or Venus, like you know, like the the beads on the bottom.
0: Oh yeah. Oh god.
1: How incredibly terrifying would it would be you just hear that. That clunk, clunk, clunk! at just some big six foot four Norwegian is running by you at full at full sprint. Doesn't
0: the, doesn't the Predator kind of have a, a similar look to yes. that? Like, it was, yeah, yes. this, that's yeah, it's like a Predator braids. Yeah, very
1: early <laughs> early Hollandist the Predator.
0: Exactly. That hey, we just come up with marketing ideas here on this show. We just throw them out there. Y'all take them and run with them. Um. You know, I, I we said North London is not doing that great. I guess all of London really isn't doing super hot, unless you're Fulham. Uh, they did they did pretty good this week. Chelsea with another loss today, uh, uh, two 0 to Brentford. Brent. So Brentford's doing doing well, I guess.
1: So the West the West London part that is not that is not Chelsea.
0: <laughs> yes, the non. What's the? I think it's Fulham and Broadway. Actually, is where they're, uh, is where they're, like No, it's yeah, because it's, it's weird. It's like. the 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 regions are kind of off like Fulham is kind of in Fulham the club is kind of in Kensington and Chelsea and then Chelsea is sort of in like the Fulham and Broadway type area it's it's very weird I have to go look at my tube map but anyways yeah so Fulham's doing well Brentford doing pretty good Um, Chelsea just not doing all that uh all that great so we mentioned Jerry Jones earlier. Um, in comparison with Daniel Levy, I actually think Todd Bowley might be a better comparison for Jerry Jones because, uh, I, I supposedly, and I can't remember which match it was—if it was the Real Madrid one or if it, it may have been the Brighton match—I supposedly Todd Bowley decided he was going to go down, and I don't know, motivate the players or something. And it ended up just not at all motivating them at all. I mean, he—my understanding is—he gave him a pretty good tongue lashing. And his his talk of that, his version of that was, well, I just wanted to motivate the players. Like I'm imagining, like an old American football <laughs> high school coach, like you know, tossing the the tossing the uh, the clipboard across the room, dumping the Gatorade cups over, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. That might work in baseball, but it certainly doesn't work in in the Premier League. Um, uh, we're to, we're, I, we're going on five straight defeats for Todd Bowley's Chelsea at the moment. It's not looking great.
1: Uh, no, I'm actually imagining now that you think now that I'm thinking about it, I'm imagining Todd Bowley as is talk, is talking like he is from a uh, Top Boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's talking about Wagaman in it. No, um, please don't. <laughs> he's he's throwing the word blood and fam Uh, every every third that's his punctuator is either the word blood or fam
0: this is how we Um, this is just real quick this is how we know that this is still the old Arsenal is is definitely back is because Arsenal TV is back and giving us just some fantastic sound bites Um, (laughs) Southampton Southampton blood. We're talking about Southampton. Bottom of the league Southampton. Uh, oh my god. Uh, fantastic.
1: I, 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 yeah, well, let's let's reiterate for our podcast listeners if you are not watching Arsenal Fan TV on YouTube or TikTok. Oh go look at because it. It's, it's because they because they because there's not, was
0: made for Arsenal Fan TV. TikTok was you're, made you're, for it.
1: And also it was made for like uh 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 uh, you know, live reaction videos uh, uh, p- uh, of, uh, you know, random Brits watching their teams lose. That's what, uh, that's what it's also made for because those give me so much life. When they, when you see them watching the screen but you can't see them watch the goal but then you just, you just hear, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. You're right. I mean,
0: well, so I guess let me let me I mean, bring it bring it back saying, by let me let me can let me, bring me bring this back by saying this. So, how do you feel? Because Frank Lampard had a reaction that was just sort of like, "Look, this is just what he does." But how do you feel about owners in the dressing room? Personally, if I was a manager and my owner came into the dressing room, I might just leave, like the club, because that's my yeah. zone. You don't come in my zone. I'll you know i i I don't come into your zone, you can invite me into your zone and we'll have a nice chat and you can come to the training ground all you want but the the dress the the game the match day dressing room is my zone and the player's zone, and that's it and if you come into that, you're violating the spot, and I don't like that that's my feeling Frank Lampard didn't have that reaction what what how do you feel about that
1: um i i i think i i think there are moments. Where it might be okay, but it's still gonna feel corny. I'm, I'm gonna say it's not. That's, gonna, that's true. Too. It feels. Weird. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's not. It's not gonna feel good either way. But I feel like if it was coming in and it's like giving a quick knock, sticking its head in, saying, "Hey guys," you know, let's do our best out there. You know, just like yeah. doing something generally pot, like generically positive, is a lot better. Than getting into like getting into the players and you know sticking it to them and like giving you know telling them what's what. Um, you're absolutely right. That is no place for the owner. Uh, you know how the owner tells you know a player that they're just not the snuff? by moving them on. Yeah. Now, because Todd Boley and his financial team have decided to like basically sign every player they can for eight and a half year contracts, um, that's going to be kind of tough. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, he yeah. doesn't really understand that side of the business yet. No, so, and, and I, I agree. I, I do think, like, if you, if like, if you go to the manager and you say, "Hey, look, I'd like a chance to talk to the players. Is that okay?" Okay, let's discuss that. Let's find the best way to do that. Like, I'm, 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 oh, I'm totally okay with that. But it's the, hey, I'm coming to the dressing room and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Like, I get that you own the club, but. We also have the ability to just not play. And, yeah, and no. you know, that's, that's, I, I feel like that's, that's crossing a line. But, you know, if, and, and so I guess to that extent, if Todd Bully went to Frank Lampard and said, Hey, look, I'd like to come to the team and, and pep him up, and Frank said, That's okay, which I'm not sure how much authority Frank Lampard has to say no right now, considering he's just an interim manager, then I guess that's fine. Like, you know, that's, that's okay. I, I still think it's awkward as hell. I think it's a very good word for it, but, that's 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 better than just saying, hey, I'm coming in, is if you say, hey, I'd like to talk to the guys a bit. Like, that's um, fine.
1: Yeah, no, no. It, it's not acceptable um, at all uh, for him to, to cross that line. Uh, because if you wanted to, uh, you should have never appointed anyone but yourself as the interim manager. And then you had absolutely every right to criticize the players uh, in their dressing room. Uh, and... and the only reason why Frank Lampard didn't have a reaction is because he's getting paid. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no—he has no expectations. The only thing he can't do is get them relegated, and that's almost mathematically impossible. So, he's just getting a check until the end, of, until the until the beginning of summer. So he he has he he has no qualms with just staying silent. But um,
0: they could, if things go the way that I hope they do. They could finish below West Ham, which I would be, I believe. So, so this was, this was mentioned after the weekend result, the, the four, 0 win against Bournemouth. Very good win, by the way, wonderful performance, uh, best 90 minutes that West Ham has played, um, easily this season. Just absolutely fantastic. um, (laughs) <laughs> it was on the West Ham subreddit, and some. And of course, this was after the big, the quarterfinal win in the Europa Conference League against Ghent that got us into the semifinals against uh, against uh, AZ Alkmaar. And there was a West Ham fan on the subreddit that said, "If we win the Conference League and finish above Chelsea this season, I'm going to be so incredibly horny." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. I, I actually, about uh, and, and we're uh, is there. A uh, cricket over yeah, there. Yeah, the, are you outside? I mean, there, there's a cricket outside my dude. Uh, so I have a I have a fireplace that literally is <laughs> oh. is connected to my outside wall. Uh, yes, and so the outside wall is right there. Cricket is just on the other side. Let's just
0: pretend that we're outside and we're having a nice chat over a nice fire. That's, that would let's be give nice. the ambiance. There we go. I'll, yeah. I was just going to ask
1: fire. you, uh, yeah. Mr. West Ham... Uh, what did y'all give uh, Paqueta? Uh, because I don't I don't know what it was. Maybe you gave us some smelling salts. Because he <laughs> has seemed to he has seemed to wake up and realize, right. holy shit! Uh, I, I I'm actually playing. So uh, he, yeah, he's the, put in some hell of performances recently.
0: First of all, I I I think one of the things that that Paquette got down and you can kind of see this in his development. I think he, I think he finally realized that. Not only is the Premier League a more physical league, but I think he realized that he c- he can compete in that regard. He's thrown his body around. Um, I think there was there was a game that wasn't too far back where he had like the most tackles by a West Ham player in like, you know eleven years in a single game. So he's obviously found out that you know he has the the strength to compete at this at this level. He can go into tackles. he shouldn't be so timid. Um, saw that a lot of today against Liverpool. Even though we lost, it was it was still a very good performance. Um, put in a, put in a good, hard done by. I think um, I'll, I'll mention. We could talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, Buket has been great. I mean, he scored an absolutely beautiful goal. Um, um, and actually, West Ham, I think, have been for for whatever reason this past week has just been full of like beautiful goals. There was the the Rice, uh, you know fifty, sixty yard run and then sent the, you know, broke the Ghent players' ankles with a little fake and then finished in the in the in the bottom corner. That was good. There was the four Scorpion kick against Bournemouth, which was good. And then Paqueta against Liverpool today combines with Benrama and Antonio in this little tiki taka Barcelona one two pass kind of kind of style and and just pummels it past allison and it was i mean i didn't know what i was watching it was absolutely incredible um he really has made the big difference absolutely his he's connecting uh his passes better um you know he's he's more physical now he's making good tackles he's making good decisions his the confidence is flowing you can really see that rice has been great um antonio's done well um you know i i i still think there are signs that he's not quite the player that he was but he's um he's done he's done he's done great. I mean he's got some really really important goals for us. Um and so yeah, I mean it's 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 coming up good for the Hammers right now. Um probably means that Moyes is still gonna be here come the start of next season. Not sure I like that. Uh, again, long term, I don't think he's the guy. Um mainly because I think if you look at at today, I think we used the same eleven for the last three games against Ghent, uh, Bournemouth, and Liverpool. And got to rotate the squad, man. Like That's why you lose the way that they did against Liverpool, is when you don't rotate this, this squad, and they lose concentration and, and don't, uh, don't uh, defend the, the corner kick. Like, you, you've you got to be able to rotate. you got to be able to have these guys come in at this time and that time and play this way. And I just don't see that from what didn't see it the first time around. We're not seeing it now. Like, why bother buying more players if you're not going to use them? So I I, I still have some qualms with, with David Moyes, um, and I still would like for him to not be there for the next season. I think there's other options out there that are better. But, you know, I mean, I mean if you just said that we – I don't know. We're in the semifinal of the conference league, and we were sitting 14th. If you told me that at the end of the season, that's, this is where we would be, I'd probably be happy. I would. Now, I wouldn't know that 14th meant we were still in this eight-team, eight and nine-team relegation battle royale. But you know, I'd have been happy.
1: Um, honestly, with the, you know the past couple of matches y- y'all have had, I, I kind of feel like you have. Separated yourselves uh, Because I I think now that you know we're getting Towards the nitty gritty I think there's what six Seven matches for Some teams six matches For most Mm -hmm. five team Five matches for some And then like a couple outliers have like Seven matches left or something like that Or ridiculous
0: yeah Brighton Um, Brighton and Man United both have eight matches left But they play tomorrow Yeah they play tomorrow
1: um, I, I I was gonna say um,
0: no, Brighton doesn't. Never
1: mind. West Ham have have elevated themselves elevated in them themselves to that upper tier of the relegation fight. Um, I I, I think in that bottom half, I, I kind of think Wolves, uh, and Crystal Palace have, have kind of have you know are, are are the one two, that technically you could say are in that fight. Uh, And but then I think y'all are right there. Yeah. So I I I see that there are a couple teams besides the two obvious Southampton um, and not well you know what can't say Nottingham Forest anymore. Um,
0: Yeah, very good win today against Brighton. No against yeah Brighton yeah they beat is that right? Yes. Yeah they beat Brighton. Yeah they beat Brighton.
1: Kind of Southampton, Everton, Leicester. Leads, though uh, those are becoming the more like realistic and probable candidates for relegation.
0: Yeah, it, there's there's there is a separation that's forming. I will say, I mean, West, there's still only five points out of the drop, so I mean, it's it's not over by a long shot. Um, and. I'm just looking at our future matches here. I mean, we've got Palace this weekend. We got City <laughs> this time next week. We'll be at down. We'll be at City Manchester Manchester Stadium. That'll probably be a defeat. Um, so the Palace game on Saturday is a, a big one. We host Man United um, on Sunday. Um, go to Brentford. We get Leeds at home. Leicester uh, away. All tough games. I mean, all just super super tough games. Um, I. I right. I rate us Dad. against Palace. I think we we put in good enough performances lately that I think we can compete with that one. The rest of them, though, I, I mean, it's unless Leeds are already relegated um, and and Leicester are already relegated, I think one of those two won't be uh, by the time we get to the end. Uh, this there's still a lot to play for. I'm I'm still still cautious. I'm optimistic, but I'm cautious.
1: Uh, can I ask you a question, Adam? If you were to go into that uh, that Manchester City match and just automatically take the forfeit,
0: would you? I don't want to see. No, that's not the West Ham way. You always go out. You always compete because I think we can we can cause them problems like we did with Liverpool today. I I think we can do that. Now will we win? Nah, probably not. But you got to go out. You got to compete, and you got to try. Again, I would like to see the squad rotated. I think there are players that can compete. And and do a good enough job in this squad to that warrant them being rotated in. You know, let's you know Maxwell Cornet's come off the bench a couple of times now. Let's start him. You know, give Jared Bowen a break. That guy has been playing ninety minute matches straight for like the last six matches. Give him a break. Like he just needs some time. Give him some time on the sideline. Give, it it's it's important for players to get that. Um, you know, give Flynn Downs a start against Palace. Um. You know, I think size-wise, he matches up well in 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 their midfield. He wouldn't get against City, but you know, give Sushek a break. Um, you know, Piquette's, uh hasn't played the the full ninety minutes lately, so I, I think it's okay to keep playing him. But you know, s- switch these guys out sometimes. It's okay, and he's just not doing that, and that that does worry me a little bit. I, I'm afraid that the team's going to burn out again, and we're going to end we're going to end the last you know three or four games the way that we started this season. So so that does worry me a little bit.
1: I, I I could see how I mean, honestly, Adam, I have been in that position before. Uh honestly till the end of la, until you know until the end of last season. I I could say I have felt that as a fan since two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, uh every year, just that kind of gnawing pit in your stomach like you know, two bad results and
0: we could be, da- we could be down there. Yeah. You know? It's still very real. Still very real. Um,
1: uh, speaking, it's... speaking of real, um, can we talk about, um, I, I, we, we don't, we don't shout out, a, you know, a, 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 we don't shout out a bunch of teams on this podcast just because, you know, we talk about, you know, the the big topics can we mm-hmm. shout out aston villa
0: aston villa would uh, be great
1: and I hate, be to, I hate to i hate to fucking admit it because I, I, they're, <laughs> they're, they're 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 like now it's not everton levels of hate i have um yeah. for for their online fan community however it is it's it's a mutual dislike at this point between the the geordie faithful and the villains uh but man they're really shooting for European quali- for European qualification, and they, I mean, they got an outside chance at Champions League.
0: Villa uh, have not lost since February the eighteenth. Um, they have beaten Everton. They've beaten Palace. Uh, they beat Chelsea. They beat Leicester. Nottingham Forest. Um, you know, we talk, I think we talked a little bit about them uh, a few weeks ago when they did beat Newcastle. Uh, that rare blip in in Newcastle's kind of run in here. Um, they beat Fulham, unfortunately, Caleb. They did beat Fulham um, on uh, on Tuesday, uh, and then they go to Old Trafford on Sunday. That's going to be a big, big, a big game. Probably uh, bigger for Man United, I would say, because they're having to to hold on and they've, they're they're kind of wobbling as well. Um, yeah, I mean they're up to so they're fifty-four points. I mean they are they'll, Man United do have three games in hand on them, and they'll get one of those out of the way uh, tomorrow. Um, but they're if they're five points off of the Champions League. You know, I mean it's it's not impossible.
1: And I I, I need to ask you a question, Adam. Uh, do you trust? That Manchester United is not going to Spurs themselves because right now they're starting Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof as their starting center backs, and if you could ask any Manchester United fan if you know they could get they could get a good result with that pairing, would they be honest with us and tell us
0: probably not? Because I, I actually think I mean, they they would because it, it, when you since Lissandra Martinez and rafael Veron have gone down um the results haven't been super great uh, they did they did beat Forrest which was good but they had that the Sevilla come back from from being two goals down to 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 draw things up at old Trafford then there was the catastrophe this past week when Sevilla just annihilated Manchester United, um, in Spain. They needed penalties to get past Brighton in the semifinals. Now I know it's Brighton and they, they've been playing very well this season, but, you know, there's just, they've lost a bit of that edge. You know, it was the edge that, that, you know, gave them, uh, you know, some really good wins earlier this season. Uh, the edge that, that saw them win the, 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 league cup final, the edge that saw them, um, you know, compete with, uh, you know, I mean, beat, it's, Man- it's the- beat Man City back in January. So, I mean, they, they've definitely lost that, and they've got to get it back. Now, they have a very, very good chance of doing that because they play at, against Spurs at Spurs on Thursday.
1: And I so think like they, have, hit. They, they have one of the easiest run-ins in the last eight games, I believe. Mm, um, let's and- have a
0: look. Uh... Villa at home, Brighton away, West Ham away, Wolves at home, Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home. Um, depending on some of those last ones, yeah, it, it might be a little easier. But I, I do think there's a, there's definitely a at least a bit of a worry that Man United may not quite get there this season.
1: Um, and you know, you you, you mentioned. You mentioned the 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 FA Cup uh, semifinal against Brighton. Brighton played them off the park. I felt like uh, I, I felt they were lucky to get to penalties, and you know, poor poor Solly March. Um, I mean, he just got his foot underneath it and then just hoofed that one. Um, but
0: I. I Brighton definitely possessed the ball more, but I do think United used that against them. I think they just sort of figured that Brighton were not going to – that Brighton were going to have most of the possession, and that was okay to them because they had the speed. They could hit them on the counter. It just didn't quite come off. But so, I mean, yeah, I mean Brighton did possess the ball enough, but I don't know if they – I don't know if I would say they, they played them off the park necessarily.
1: I I, I I want to ask you this, though. So with their form against Fulham – their form against Brighton in the FA cup. Does Manchester United have a decent chance against city? I mean, we are getting the first Manchester Derby in an FA cup final in, you know, the, the history of the FA. So it's going to be an, ex- it's good. There's going to be fireworks, but does Manchester United have a realistic chance to, uh, You know, win that trophy, and more importantly, if they have a chance, is it to play spoiler? Because Manchester City could be trying to wrap up the treble when they face Manchester United in the FA Cup final.
0: Well, they could be trying to get the second bit of a treble, because I don't believe the Champions League final is until the next weekend, June 10th.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So the Champions yeah. League will be... Okay, for some reason, I thought the Champions League was going to be played a little bit earlier, but no, you're right. That makes more sense. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, yeah, sure they do. It's a one-off. Like, once you get to the final, all bets are off. Like, I mean, we saw what happened with Wigan, and we saw what happened with Leicester uh, a couple seasons ago. Um, So, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, they definitely have a chance. They, they have beaten... Man City earlier this year, so they, it's not that like they can't do it. Now they also got annihilated by them um, back in October, I think. But yeah, I mean they, they definitely have a chance. I mean they're they're there, and once you get there, and you know some teams mentality wise, they're just kind of set up for that kind of for that kind of thing. And I think we'll see if City are set up for 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 that men- men- mentality wise in the semifinals against Real Madrid. That's going to be great. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that because I think it's going to be. Uh, it's there's going to be some guys who are out for blood in that one, given given the more recent history. Um, I mean, gonna... I was I was also going to say uh, as an eight, as a as a
1: I I'd say casual supporter of AC Milan. I, I kind of feel like you have to oh, be I'm intrigued so by, by the other I'm match so in the uh, uh, Champions League semifinal. We have the uh, the the. Uh, the is it the Derby del uh, della Eternia, the Eternal Derby?
0: No. No. Uh, so, I, I think it's so. I, I I've, I've heard Derby de Milano, but I actually think uh, Derby de, de, de la Madonna or most. What's the? Yes. Hold on, Italian listeners. Hold on, I'm going to get this right. One second. Let me get this right. So, it is the Darby Dilla Mad... Oh, I'm going to mess this up. Darby Dilla Madonina. Darby Dilla Madonina. Which is the Milan Darby. Okay. They also just say the Darby di Milano, which is what I use. But yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's the other semifinal. Um, which I'm very excited for AC Milan did fantastic job to uh, to put Napoli out which is fine cuz Napoli are going to win the scudetto uh, if they haven't already they're like miles ahead so that's okay they they deserve that Milan can uh can go on and I th- I, and I hey listen don't count out AC Milan they are i mean Rafael Leao is he's the real deal so they I, I i think they have a pretty good chance if they can get past Enter. it's going to be it's going to be a knockdown drag out um we're going to end up on time i want to go over everything that has happened well not everything that's happened since we last saw you but most of the stuff so we mentioned arsenal uh arsenal 3 southampton 3 that happened last friday uh on saturday we had fulham beating leeds by 2 goals to 1 that was a nice uh, way to kick off the day brentford and villa finished 1-1 Leicester beat Wolves 2-1. Nice comeback win for Leicester to keep their hopes uh, of uh, staying in the Premier League alive. Uh, Dean Smith's first win as manager. Goalless draw between Crystal Palace and Everton. Uh, Liverpool beating uh, Nottingham Forest 3-2. Very exciting game there. Uh, and then just the, the, the Sunday that was... It's a Sunday of Shellackings, West Ham 4, Bournemouth nil. Um, at Dean Court, and then Newcastle 6, Tottenham 1. On Tuesday, we had Wolves beating Crystal Palace. uh, I believe their first loss under the return of Roy Hodgson. Um, Good win for Wolves. Aston Villa did beat Fulham by a goal to nil. Leeds and Leicester City finished 1-1. Golden opportunity missed there for Leeds to get that win at home. Today, Wednesday, we had Nottingham Forest beating Brighton by 3 goals to 1. West Ham lost 2-1 to to, uh, Liverpool uh Chelsea lost 2 0 to Brentford and City of course beat Arsenal by four goals to one. Um real quick before we get to the table. Uh a few more games left to go in the midweek, Southampton and Bournemouth play each other tomorrow in a South Coast Derby. Everton host Newcastle. You should have saved the shellacking for them. You messed up. You pulled you pu- you pulled the whammy, you pulled the whammy stick a little bit too too quickly there, Jordan. You should have saved it for, for Thursday.
1: No, 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 no. no. Trust me, I have I have something in my bag.
0: Okay. Um,
1: uh, I I am going to give you a spoiler. <laughs> it's going to be an Anthony Gordon goal.
0: Is he even fit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. going to be an
1: it's going to be it's going to be an, Anthony, it's gonna be an Anthony, Anthony Gordon goal to to put Newcastle up 2-1. It's
0: more of a poisoning like, than a beatdown then.
1: In like the 80th minute. Just just to uh, drive the stake in, in the heart of that club.
0: Um, so that's it. 2.45 Eastern tomorrow. That one's on USA Network uh, over on Peacock-Tottenham versus Man- Manchester United. That's at 3.15 Eastern time on Thursday. So here's your table. Let's give it a rundown. Things are starting to change at the top a little bit. Arsenal still in the lead at 75 points. Uh, but they got City right behind them on 73 points. City also have two games in hand. Uh, Newcastle on fifty-nine points, they are into third. Uh, they also have a couple of games in hand. Y'all played thirty-one games uh, compared to the thirty-three played by some of the other teams in this league. Man United, who play tomorrow, are on 30, 30 games. They have fifty-nine points there in fourth place. Aston Villa up to fifth, fifty-four points for them. Liverpool in sixth. Tottenham in seventh. Now, it wasn't too long ago they were in that fourth spot. Brighton uh, in eighth. Brentford just ahead of of Fulham uh, on 47 points. Uh, Fulham with 45 points. They are uh, in 10th. Bottom half of the table, Chelsea, 39 points for them. Two points back are Crystal Palace in 12th. Wolves also on 37 points in 13th. West Ham in 14th. Uh, Bournemouth, 15th. Uh, Leeds. And Nottingham Forest is still very, very much under that relegation threat. They are in 16th and 17th place on 30 points apiece. Leicester City uh, are uh, in the relegation zone with 29 points, Everton with 28, and Southampton with 24, six points back from safety, but they do have a game in hand over Nottingham Forest. So it's not over, but it is beginning to get a little more clear, uh, this relegation fight. Uh, What does this weekend look like? Kind of a quiet Saturday. Bit of a weird one. Crystal Palace and uh, West Ham kick off your, uh, your Saturday morning at 6.30, 7.30 Eastern. Put it that way. That's going to be on USA Network. Two 9 o'clock kickoffs, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Brentford versus Nottingham Forest and Brighton versus Wolves. Uh, Brentford Forest is on USA. Brighton and Wolves is on Peacock. Then a very full Sunday for you. Uh, four games kicking off at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Fulham versus Man City. That's going to be on USA Network. The rest are on Peacock. Newcastle versus Southampton. Bournemouth versus Leeds relegation six-pointer there. And then Man United versus Aston Villa. And then it doesn't get does not get any easier. Tottenham. I'm sorry, you have to go to Liverpool at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Uh, then on Monday, Leicester versus Everton. Another big uh relegation six pointer there. And we'll even go to Tuesday here for a little bit. May the second, Arsenal versus Chelsea. Um that's a three o'clock kickoff, surely on USA network, uh, from the Emirates. Um and that is that for the Premier League. Uh some news out of the championship, Jordan. Burnley are officially champions. Um uh, so we'll be seeing them next year in the Premier League as champions of uh the second division so very well done to uh to Burnley to Vincent and company and i believe yes millwall are out of the playoff spots <laughs> for now uh, no. the, they're on 65 points well you this is going to be even worse guess who's in them no <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two games left to go in the championship. Sunderland are in the playoff spots. Uh, I just want to go over here. Burnley are champions. Sheffield United look like they're gonna they're gonna uh, get that the automatic playoff spot. Well done to the Blades. Um, good season for them. Luton, Middlesbrough, Coventry, and Sunderland right now are in the playoff spots. Uh, Middlesbrough, Luton looking pretty good. Well done to Luton. Showing in the last season wasn't a fluke. Um, Millwall, Blackburn. West Brom, Preston, even, and maybe Norwich, and maybe Swansea. Um, they all kind of have an outside shot of getting in. It's not, it's not, it's, I would say most definitely Millwall, Blackburn, and probably West Brom, and probably Preston. Once you get down into Norwich and Swansea, you get, you start getting a little but it's it's still pretty tight. That's that's a that's a fun race um for those playoff spots. Would love to see Luton back. I think actually I think they've Yeah, they're pretty much in. I think Luton they're guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. Um Middlesbrough yeah, pretty much. But uh yeah, Coventry and Sunderland got those last two spots. Not who I would have predicted ahead of this season. Anything else? Jordan, anything um, you want to you want to fill us in with before we uh we sign off for another week?
1: Uh honestly, you know we're we're just have where there's a glut of football right now. Yeah. And it makes me so exciting. happy, you know. It's almost May. Uh,
0: Playout, I, 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 football league playoffs are coming around the corner. That's exciting.
1: I was going to say that uh, Jamie Vardy has, uh, come out, you know, come out of the woods, uh, because he is, a, uh, he is, a, he's an elf. He is a, a, a magical mystical creature.
0: Okay. And,
1: uh, he's now scoring again, uh, for, for Lester. I don't know if it's going to be enough, uh, but their talismanic striker is back. Um, yeah no we got we, we got a wacky month of May in front of us man because it'll be it'll be May this weekend. Ugh.
0: It doesn't feel like it. it feels it's it's I don't know it's been very cold and rainy up in Oklahoma it's been very uh, English
1: it's been very cold and rainy uh, in Texas too yeah
0: <laughs> yeah all right um, so yeah that's that's another week yeah. sorry it's it's a bit it's a bit. Impromptu, like I said, this is this this is going to be kind of an active uh, spring in more ways than one. I've got a lot of stuff on my mind uh, that we're trying to do over here. So, um, but I hope that the show still flows pretty good for those who are listening and uh, you enjoyed yourself. And um, we're getting you excited about a very very fun uh, few weeks to come in English football. It's not over. We go to, we do this all the way until the end of May. So um, strap yourselves in. And uh, just watch as much as you can because it's going to be great. Uh,
1: you know what, Adam? I have a question. Okay, Last uh, and one. you might know you you might know more about this than I do. So obviously, the coronation is upcoming. Oh
0: boy! Um, I know very little about this. Go on. Go I'm ahead. just curious.
1: What so, what are they what are they going to do to the FA Cup to modify it that way? Uh. uh King-in-waiting Charles uh, can fit his giant sausage fingers in it safely without
0: them getting stuck. Uh, I mean, you could always have... I don't know, you could always just let William do it. He's the president, after all. I don't know, you've caught me off... You've caught me off guard with that one. I mean, you could always... You could always just kind of heat it up a little bit and you know.
1: I mean, you can always make sure you have some lard, you know, uh, at at the standby, uh, just in case his his fingers get stuck. And you know, yeah. he, as he hands it off, he you know he could slide them out.
0: Um, s- s- stick a stick a dollop behind his ear, and then he can yeah. just like kind of kind of just brush it and then slip it right in. That sounds wrong.
1: Yeah, no. uh, well. <laughs> I mean, he is a royal, so they do have a tendency of doing that. Oh, um, on that note, uh, let's 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 wrap this up. Um, Adam, can I get my can I get my yeah, uh, go, my friend? It's,
0: it's all you. I'm waiting for you.
1: Let's go eat some pies, guys.
0: Let's go eat some pies. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week, probably.